Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Bean. This week, we are being joined by nobody. No. Because we are doing Wait You Haven't Seen, the series where we select a quote-unquote classic movie that we have never seen before. We sit down and we watch it, and then we react to it. And this week, we are going to be talking, well, watching and talking about a movie JFK, 1991, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Joe Pesci, and really, if you look through the cast, just everybody is in this fucking movie. (laughs) It's like somehow Kevin Bacon always just seems to show up in a movie, and here he is. Tommy Lee Jones, even. Like, I didn't know we would get both Gary Oldman and Tommy Lee Jones in the same film. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Just like literally, if you keep going through, it's it's everybody is in this. Thing. This is basic. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of them. I mean, I guess this is an important topic. This was a pretty big deal in American history, so to speak. I, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. So before we start discussing JFK specifically and then we go off to watch it, we always have a beer with these episodes. Beam, what are you going to be drinking to accompany this JFK journey? So there, there's always options. There are political beers out there. District 96 out of New City, New York, they make a bunch of politically themed beers. What I wish I could have gotten my hands on was sexual relations because, you know, JFK kind of started that whole thing, at least of what we know about. And then there was also another beer out there called Brains, but I forget that, who it's That would have been poor taste. <laughs> My wife told me that she's like, no, don't do that. That's not right. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it would, it would have, it would have been perfect. But the other thing that JFK was also known for was how big of a hard on he had for space. So I'd like to think that the man was, I don't know, let's see, daydreaming a lot about space, maybe, or at least here and there when you have time as a, as a president, because I feel like there are a lot of other things going on, but what I have here to commemorate this occasion is Other Half's Double Dry Hop Space Daydream, uh, an Imperial Oak Cream India Pale Ale. So uh, let's crack it. All right, so before we go off to watch this movie, we want to have kind of a primer precursor discussion about it. Now, Beam, a couple weeks back, I texted you like, all right, let's watch JFK. It's something that's been on my list for absolutely ever. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. And then you just revealed to me that you know nothing about it, really. So is that true? Do you really like know nothing? I no, I for some reason this is not a movie that ever ever came across, which is weird because like I'm into this style of movie. I'm I'm into this topic in general. Uh political thrillers, I guess you could say to a certain extent or just investigations into murder. Who doesn't love a good investigation into an assassination, especially of a US president? Don't get that very often. Uh no, so I I didn't know much about it and it's just hilarious to me when I'm just like staring at what the cast is. I'm like and it's directed by Oliver Stone and I'm like wait, how did I not hear about this? Cuz listen, I know that the joke that we like to make is a lot of these movies I wouldn't have seen either way 
And there are several movies that Corey has seen that I have not seen and that many people would probably consider like, how have you not seen this? Like, what is wrong with you? What have you been doing? Apparently, it's just watching the Nicolas Cage movies. That's precursor to something else, everyone. Yeah. So, no, this is just isn't one that I knew about. And then when you mentioned that, I was like, sure, let's watch it. And then I looked at the time like, fuck me. What did I just agree to? I mean, that's exactly what the roadblock has been for me. I mean, I love Oliver Stone. I love these types of movies. I have heard about it, and it's been on my list for absolutely ever. And every time I stare at that three-hour and 21-minute, you know, timestamp, I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> it's just, just it's, it's so long, and it's like such a roadblock mentally for me. I mean, how much is there really to cover? Kind of a lot, I think. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned Oliver Stone directed this. And Oliver Stone kind of has this... I'd say distinct style in his directing, which is a lot of quick cuts. But then I think in his writing and the types of movies he likes to tackle, he's very interested in distrust of power systems, right? So, Beam, if you had to guess, what type of thing do you think this movie is going to be exploring? Going to assume the conspiracy that it was the government setting him up to kill him? And I think... I, I, I'm pretty sure like that's a large portion of this movie. I think the first hour is like the lead up to the assassination. And then it's like full on two hours after that. That's just conspiracy central paranoid thriller in the same way of like all the president's men in the same vein of like those 70s paranoid thrillers. I think that's what this is. And I think a lot of people really respected and admire this movie, but I think an equal number of people derided it because it played pretty fast and loose with a lot of the facts, or I guess what was presented to us as the public as facts. I mean, do we know if like, I, I don't know if you've read more just in terms of that, but I mean, was there more in regards to like, hey, maybe Oliver Stone was onto something as, as we've gotten further from this as we're now, as this movie was made about 30, well, less than 30 years after the assassination of JFK, we're now 30 years out from when this movie debuted. Was so, he was he closer than maybe other people have given him credit for? So I can't say that like this was him. This wasn't his creation. So he did base it off of a couple of novels about the conspiracies. One by Jim Garrison, who Kevin Costner portrays in this movie, a New Orleans attorney who was involved in some way. They never, ever try and bend the truth. Never. <laughs> Never. And it's also based on another book that was investigative about the JFK assassination. And so it definitely dives deep into the conspiracy stuff. But I won't say these are like Oliver Stone's original ideas about the conspiracy. It's all stuff that was kind of already out there. And I think he just brought them together to kind of give his own. He, he said this is the myth it's a counter myth to the myth that we were fed by the warren commission that was like his actual quote that is a really dumb quote that is and, the most person. oliver stone quote <laughs> that i could think of this is the myth to counteract the myth go all like for some reason i'll just have like alarm bells that go off in my head when people say shit like that and my the immediate response is just go fuck yourself <laughs> i don't know why it's just like you're trying to sound high minded, but you're just coming off like a douche. Sorry, Oliver. So I'm getting a sense from you <laughs> and I want to I want to confirm this before we go in. 
Where fan. do you stand on the JFK assassination conspiracy theory thing? Like, do you think the story that was given to us, the official story, that's it? Or do you think it was missing some facts? Or do you not really have an opinion on it? I'm curious. I don't think I really have an opinion on it because, and I'm pretty sure that's probably where you thought I was going with it. I'm not one for conspiracy theories. I mean, the more and more, you know, as we get further along or as you, you know, we have the ability to get our hands on information easy, a little more easier uh, than before. I think there's just a lot of good reporting that's able to be done that people were able to get their hands on just because of, I don't know, just what people are willing to talk about and what have you. You do start to see that, okay, so it always does turn out that the government happens to know more than they ever let on or that they were more involved than they originally let on and what have you. 9-11, a perfect example, which has just sent everyone onto this. I, I think that's the problem was 9-11 and the conspiracy theories that were always around that. Loose Change being like one of those documentaries that everyone loved to like point to. And I think it's just, I for the amount of people who have so much heavy doubt due to their belief in conspiracy theories, I tend to doubt those conspiracy theories even more because who knows, maybe sometimes that's just a distraction from what actually happened or it's just, you know, what have you. People want to kill the president, and sometimes it just seems they're successful. That's that's kind of where where I lie with it. Where where are you at? I mean, I'm sure there. I'm sure like all the details of it, of which I wouldn't be able to know what to dispute and what have you, maybe aren't completely true. Maybe there is more than what the government knew, sort of in the lead up, and probably could have done more to prevent it. But like at that stage, it's like okay, cool. So you guys fucked up. What's new? Yeah, I mean, for me. As far as this conspiracy theory goes, I just think it's fun to think about. And do I believe that the Warren Commission gave all of the facts regarding this assassination? Absolutely not. They never do. No. And that just allows for people to go and spin in their own heads because, of course, they held shit back like they have to. It just kind of has to be. And so people then fill in the gaps with, with whatever's going on in their own mind and to me, it's just fun to think about. So, like, as a movie, that's fine. Like, I'm I'm down. I'm down to watch this fictional thing about it because that's exciting. If this was presented as documentary fact, then I'd have more of a problem with it. But I don't because they said in the lead up, like, this is a mythical story about this true event. So, like, you're acknowledging that this isn't really true. It's just an imagined thing about it. So like, all right, I'm down to have some fun thinking about this. Let's do it. No myths, everything like, listen, I love game of Thrones as much as the next person, but it's just in terms of like with this story, like I just, yeah, maybe I would deride someone for that. But like, do you really have to pile on? Like, do you really have to give people more ideas into what the fuck happened here? Must, must we contribute more to this? And that's completely fair. And honestly, that's kind of how my opinion of conspiracy has grown over the years. And like more recently, I am very anti-conspiracy theory because the way that it has gone is just so fucking ridiculous that like it's become less fun to think about. Like it used to just be fun spinning your wheels. Like maybe you have a conversation with someone like, haha, this is kind of funny to think about. It becomes less and less funny these days because People take it so fucking seriously and it's becoming dangerous. So 
it's dangerous I, because some of these people who like are so obsessed with these conspiracy theories actually now hold positions of power. Yeah. One of them being <laughs> the actual fucking president for four years. Yeah. No, that's the problem with a lot of these sort of things is that it gets taken too far and it's we're there. Like, I don't think there's no going back now. No, there's not. You can't you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube as it as it were. And so Everything it becomes less fun. Everything's on the table in terms of conspiracy theories now about what's yeah, true. It, it really is, and it's fucking absurd. And like the way that these kind of Reddit communities and whatever—I don't even know where they start. I'm assuming it's Reddit, but like they just spin out of control, and it's fucking or wild can. and stupid. And I can't really deal. So going into this movie, what I'm trying my best is to just not think about that and to have a good time with this movie. Like put myself in 1991. Well, I would have been four. Put myself in like more like 2000 when it was just still fun to think about conspiracies and really try and enjoy this objectively. We'll see. Was I don't know. Not, if- like, were there were there not huge conspiracies around like John Wilkes Booth killing killing Lincoln? Like was it just like nah, that guy just fucking hated him? No, I don't think there were because <laughs> it was kind of like in plain sight. There was no internet back then to like spin these things out of control. It was just like there wasn't in the city. <laughs> no, but there was a lot of books and underground things. Not internet, but you know they they all saw him in the theater, and it was like, hey, I saw him shoot him <laughs> because it was in a tiny theater in a closed space. This was like sniper rifle from like nearly a mile out or some shit. I can't remember, but we are going to go off and watch this movie. We will be back in about three and a half hours of real time, about five seconds of podcast time. So we'll see you soon. I'm going to go send myself to space. We'll see you on the other side, everyone. All right, so after many hours of Three hours. watching this film, we are back on the microphones to discuss our viewing experience of JFK. Now, Beam, I want to get your thoughts, mm-hmm. but I want to say up front, mm-hmm. I feel like the movie that I just watched was very different from the movie that we discussed in the opening. It was. There was so, no there was no beginning lead up. It was okay, JFK's dead. Here we go. Yes. And I also felt like while it was about the conspiracy theory, obviously. Yeah. I didn't feel like that was the point at the end of the day. I don't know what the point was, to be perfectly honest with you. See, the way that I viewed it and what I gathered as I was watching it and then it all came together for me in that final trial scene was what this was really about is how can a conspiracy theory come to be? It's this idea of all this evidence being left out, all these holes in the explanations and then how people then fill them in and become obsessed with them. Because honestly, I don't feel like Garrison was the hero of this story. It's kind of a piece of shit. And He was kind of a piece of shit that was proved to be a piece of shit because, okay, maybe you have some points with this, but you brought a man to trial for no fucking reason, (laughs) just so you could essentially present your theory. And while you may have some points, like, eh, he's acquitted because you had no point against him specifically. 
So I don't know. I just I left that movie feeling like it wasn't actually about the conspiracy theory, but instead about why this kind of came to be. I think that that's a fair takeaway as that it was a movie that was about that. And still, even with the end credits there, like sort of the, you know, later on, this is what happened. I do think he was the good guy. I don't think Oliver Stone was trying to present him that way. I think it was just you could objectively look at him and go, yeah, this guy is a piece of shit. Because first off, court scenes in movies, you know, sometimes are questionable. Sometimes they're good. This was one of the worst I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't know if that was intentional. If it was supposed to be like this guy literally doesn't know what he's doing. Um, Because it was very confusing. I mean, the whole parts of it, the entire movie almost felt like satire in a lot of ways. But with this end scene, like it may have been the worst because she's just like, now there, there is a conspiracy here and here are all the facts. And I think this guy was involved. Now that's about all I have to say about that. But this, this happened. It just felt like he was, yeah, trying to present a case where he could just tell everyone that, no, I don't believe Lee Harvey Oswald is who killed JFK. I think there is more to this story. Oh, but yeah, Clay Shaw over here, was was involved without ever really mentioning his name until I guess was his closing argument that part I couldn't understand either well I feel like the way that that ending trial scene was filmed it was not actually like the trial yeah I, mean, they had- I feel like the whole thing for like 40 minutes was just his closing argument and then it just interspersed things like witness testimony from like yeah. previous right so it definitely was not an accurate portrayal of a trial. And that was a little bit distracting. But at the same time, it was really compelling filmmaking because I was like in. I wasn't because it lacked any tension for me. Do you know what I mean? Like the questioning is where the tension, I feel like for me in court scenes is is, is where that tension is developed. And I feel like that's a core part of a lot of court scenes is otherwise just sitting in court watching people, you know, go about the normal processes slightly mundane but it can be done well in a movie of course where with this it's just like it was just a yeah it was just a 40 minute monologue and it just really felt like you had charlie day from it's always sunny that meme (laughs) where he's just got all the lines and he goes so but then when you think about this but and then this guy over here and that over there and then when you do it all together like you know, it's Clay Shaw. So, like, that's just sort of how it felt for me. I mean, it was some crackpot shit. Don't get me wrong. But you I know was Joe like... Rogan wrote and direct this movie <laughs> is kind of where I'm getting at. <laughs> but I was very intrigued and in, like the way that it kept flashing back to the way that the kind of his proposed idea of how this went down with Kevin Costner kind of voiceovering it. That was very compelling to me, and I was very into it and, like, excited by that. And for me, that kind of justified what I felt was kind of a convoluted mess before that, because it was this convoluted investigation, which is what any conspiracy theory is, is a convoluted mess of things. And then it kind of comes together and he presents this idea. Ultimately, like, where I fall personally on this idea was actually voiced like almost perfectly um, by the Michael Rooker character. I think his name was like Lou Broussard. Was that his name? I thought he was Bill. Bill Broussard? Yeah, the other guy was Lou. Also, Michael Rooker. Loved seeing him with hair. Great 
actor, great yeah. hair, great performance. But when he was given that speech, like before they went to trial and he's like, you mean to tell me all this shit, a conspiracy this large and no one leaked anything. No one said anything. A conspiracy of this magnitude, like this is how I feel about the actual conspiracy. A conspiracy of this magnitude falls under the weight of what you're proposing. Like it's a house of cards that just crumbles. So it's ridiculous to think that that actually exists. But as a movie, I did enjoy this. I will say that. Like I, I really did enjoy my viewing experience. I can tell you feel differently, but that that's kind of where I'm at with this thing. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't. It's one that I could have gone without seeing personally. It was funny though. It came together like a um, somehow an Adam McKay movie. Some somehow with just like all these different characters. You had fucking John Candy, Michael Rooker, probably one of the best performances I've ever seen from Tommy Lee Jones. I will say, uh, it's not him yelling at people to do shit. It was him it's playing a very different. It's it's very, very different. Different uh, Tommy Lee Jones performance for sure. Fucking Newman from Seinfeld, William Knight, but like. Uh, you know, Wayne Knight. But Wayne yeah. Knight, sorry. Donald Sutherland? Yeah, showing up as Mr. X for that Mr. kind X, of... Which, like, then I just started thinking, like, this is so... Like, okay, so this is how I kind of feel about the movie overall. This is sort of where I'll sum up. It was basically all the president's men because X was essentially, like, the deep, deep throat. Yeah. Essentially, which, okay, cool. Like, that, which he was also another guy where it's like, this is Joe Rogan meeting Alex Jones. <laughs> Now, let me tell you, like, it's just sort of how it kind of felt going with that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it felt like it was like an all the president's men attempt with like a like a sprinkle of to kill a mockingbird where it's just like, you know, sitting the kids down. Be like, you know, when you try and tell the truth, sometimes you pay the price. It came off as like this. It felt like a propaganda piece, too, for JFK in a lot of ways. Like he was a great man. You know, you know who else got shot? RFK. Oh, and so with Martin Luther King Jr. But, you know, like it just like he they held him to such a high standard in this movie. And I just found that also kind of comedic. I feel like a lot of people from that era did, though. I don't really have a strong opinion about JFK one way or the other. What I can say is people that lived through that Sean saw him as this kind of shining example of progress, which, you know, yeah, okay. But I think when you look at it through the lens of like the paranoia of the 60s, where all these leaders, JFK, Martin Luther King, RFK, all assassinated under somewhat mysterious circumstances in each case where there's holes, like I get. And I understand where that paranoia comes from. I really do. Like, when you think about all that coming together, Oliver Stone, who lived through all of that, it makes sense to me that this film kind of was made, it was a passion of his, and I get it. I think watching it now, there are you're bringing a lot of baggage to it. Baggage? What do you mean? You're always bringing your baggage. But I feel like anyone who sees it for the first time now is going to bring baggage about it. And I was too, but I was like actively fighting against it throughout the movie to try and like quiet that part and just watch what the movie was. It was screaming at me the entire time. I couldn't quiet it. I was just like, this is silly. <laughs> this is like for for a lot of it. Like, I don't know, like some of the some of the accents were just kind of funny, like in terms of their attempts. Like Rooker like it also felt like it was just filled with cliches, like especially with how Costner ended it. That's not what your country could do for you, but you can do for your country. And I, mean, I feel like a dickhead, 
attorney like Jim Garrison would absolutely lift a JFK quote in his closing argument about a JFK conspiracy theory. That's absolutely something. And then a government that that's for the do. people, by the people, and whatever. Yeah. So just like that whole line too. It, just some of it was just like really, really funny to me. You know, parts of it I enjoyed. Uh, John Candy's performance was great. Dynamite. Just coming in, just just going hard the entire time. What I did find interesting though, Jim Garrison got called both Daddio and then Bubba, all yeah. in the same movie. So I just found that interesting, too, that everyone's just willing to give him pet names. That was a bizarre thing. One thing that I wanted to ask, I know you're familiar with Oliver Stone's movies. I know you're a pretty big fan of Born on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what your feelings are on Platoon, but I'm assuming you've seen Platoon. Yeah, I've seen Platoon. Yep. So when I was thinking about this, this movie kind of represents <clears throat> the close to a trilogy about Vietnam for Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone kind of had this obsession. You know, mm. Platoon is like the on the ground. Born on the 4th of July is the aftermath. JFK is his attempt to explain how the fuck did we get here? How we got into this, yeah. Yeah. So looking at it through that lens of like his filmography, I do find that interesting. How do you mean interesting? That he would close <laughs> out that trilogy with this big of a swing. And how he yeah. was able to get 20 massive actors like we went through the whole list of all the actors involved in this thing and he used all the cachet he got from all those great movies that he did and he's like I'm going to make a three hour epic about the JFK conspiracy theory I respect that I I really do it was a choice I mean it's it's a a definite choice choice that he made and uh you know, all right, listen, we all we all got to experiment every now and again to see what works and what doesn't. And maybe trying to end it all with the conspiracy theory that some people like were like, hey, we were with you on Platoon, born on the 4th of July, could totally sympathize with Tom Cruise's character. But wait, what are you, what are you trying to say? You said it was Cuba, the, the Fidel Castro tried to kill. What do you how are you trying to figure this one out in JFK? OK. I mean, yeah, I believe there's questions, but Clay Shaw, apparently, is who you're calling out. Okay, sure. See, I don't think that was, like, his Oliver Stone's final, like, thing. It's just the fact that Jim Garrison did indict Clay Shaw. Like, that's an actual thing that happened. Oh, yeah. It was the only ever trial that, like, was actually brought regarding it. But what I ultimately think is that he was just like, the explanation we got was bullshit. I'm fucking angry about it. Here's my fucking movie about it. And you could definitely feel that. You yeah. could definitely feel that there was a lot of distrust in the government in this. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But what I just kind of got was just sort of it was it, it got a bit muddled at times. Like it didn't need. And I know I probably say this a lot, but it didn't need to be a three hour epic about this entire thing. Sure did. You could have condensed you could have condensed this two hours, maybe is what you probably could have done on this. If you would have made it tight. I think we would have had a more riveting story. Cut out the parts where he's having, you know, where his wife is getting upset with him because he's so obsessed with the the killing of JFK, which, again, was another really funny plot point to me where he couldn't even sleep at night because he was just thinking about it so much. See, I think that I, I agree with you that it could have been shorter. And honestly, like, give me a 30 minute lean up, lead up and then an hour trial scene. I'm good. Let's do it. It's a better movie, be cool. I think. But yeah. 
I do think ultimately with the point he was trying to make, this is how conspiracy theories are born. I think that the wife stuff was necessary because it kind of shows that Jim Garrison was a piece of shit. He was he was homophobic. There's a lot of gay panic stuff in this movie. There was a little bit of that. Yep. And his wife calls him on it and he is abandoning his family life in favor of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does it get lost? Yes, absolutely. That's how I saw it, though. And maybe I'm putting on rose colored glasses because I wanted to like this movie. But like, ultimately, that's how I kind of viewed it. And ultimately, I did like it because that is what I got. Like, this is how conspiracy theories are born. No, when no there are no, holes. Yeah. And when there's, you know, the American public is left out of the loop on what actually happened, then, of course, they're going to try and fill in the holes. And, you know, generally speaking, I don't think they're very smart. So <laughs> they come up with these crackpot theories. I just thought it was interesting too that it came from a district attorney in New Orleans. But yeah. anyway, I mean, which is that's that's the other point that was like really eating at me. Like I get it. Like I, I know you're able to look at this as a movie, but I'm also looking at sort of the nuts and bolts of it. I'm like, wait, how how was he? I know it's a thing that happened, but I'm just and it's like the only trial that was ever held in regards to the assassination of JFK. But I'm also just thinking, I'm like, him? It started with him just because he just went wild with this crazy theory that okay all right fine i mean i know that all still had a tie into lee harvey oswald but it was just like i don't know and 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 that's the other thing too i think it's an important part that you brought up because like you did go in wanting to like this and and maybe that was for me i going in completely cold and i'm just looking at it as it was hard for me to actually see jim garrison the the character development of jim garrison in this movie because to me he was just a vehicle for the conspiracy or to sort of deliver sort of what the different plot points or what the different points of or the different happenings of this conspiracy. So when like we tried to go to the parts about him as a family man, I was just like, yeah, I, okay, fine. What, what was he, what was he trying to say again about that other part? Like that's, that's more kind of where I was with it. I wanted more of the procedural stuff of just how he was going about it and the, and the witness you know the investigation and and everything else i think there are other movies where it's just like we just did a faint mention yeah my wife's getting really on my case about being obsessed with this that would have been fine and then (laughs) we didn't need to actually see any of the stuff at home there are a lot of movies that do that and do it very well a few good men immediately comes to mind one year later but ultimately like that's not what i think this movie is right and so i hear you that what you were given is not for you and you don't particularly like it i did because i feel like this is what it was trying to do and i think it did it okay that's fair before we go here do you have stray observations from this film that you wanted to share i had a couple overall like i like i said like parts of it just just sort of made me made me sort of laugh like especially all right two of them the scene where him and i think is i think this is lou that this character's name was lou when they're it's the, up, it's the Jason O. Sanders character, mm-hmm. like the guy who's in Angels and Outfield. Also, was he like a private investigator or the actual like law enforcement arm of this? I, that him and Rooker, I was like kind of a little unclear I, as to what their roles were. I feel like they were investigators for the district attorney. That was what I I believe to be, yeah, the case. Um, so anyways, when they're recreating Lee Harvey Oswald, taking those three shots and five point whatever seconds it was, and they're literally just pointing their gun at like, listen, just 
days ago, the president got shot up there and you're up there with a fucking rifle still shoot, like pointing at a car. Just think about if you're the one person that just happened to look at me. Oh, no, not again. Like, <laughs> A, it was years ago because this is like seven years in the future. But also, I also yes, I hear you. Yeah, I also like couldn't understand like the timeline of some of these things where they just sort of There's jumped a all title over. card that says three years later. <laughs> I won't, the no, there was events. three years is fine. I feel like there was other times where we weren't totally like clued in as to where we were. That's fair. And yes, I, I do agree with you that like if you're just pointing a gun at the street from the window at which Lee Harvey Oswald was purportedly at, like that's going to cause a panic. Yeah, people are going to fucking notice. <laughs> These people are already on notice. Like, come on. Like, what's going on here? Um, and then the other scene that I thought was kind of interesting was when RFK got shot and Garrison watches it on TV and then goes up to his wife. She's like, I'm actually scared now. And then they fuck. I thought that that was just like the weirdest like transition from we're in a fight to having sex that I've ever seen in quite some time. Uh, or just to have RFK getting shot leading to a sex scene is I thought was also an interesting choice. Isn't comfort sex a thing? I, maybe is it for you i guess it was for garrison like i'm scared can we fuck now like i don't know it's not for me but i'm just saying like isn't that a thing like you need comfort in the arms of your lover i just don't know that like watching on live television a man getting shot like all of a sudden like it, I, it I, certainly I, wouldn't I make me randy it, <laughs> it certainly would certainly would not get me going uh, one of the stray observations I had, Tommy Lee Jones's hair in this movie. It was very Tom Cruise from uh, from Collateral. Yeah, but curly, too. Was it curly? It looked curly. It looked like kind of froey, but like short froey and very gray. I like the Tom Cruise and Collateral comparison because it is like, I mean, I'm assuming Tommy Lee Jones had a great head of hair once, but I'm so used to yeah. him having... Not because in my mind, he's been the same age for like 70 years. There's no difference from him in The Fugitive to him in No Country for Old Men. Just a different costume. Yeah. It's one of those actors where I just like can't see the difference. But his hair was really something. It was like, whoa. Ever since I've seen him in Men in Black, which I feel like was or even I would say Batman versus Joker. I don't know what my introduction to Tommy Lee Jones was. But regardless, he, yeah, he's always looked the same. So, like, even when I've seen him and I've seen movies before and then after, I'm like, nope, he still looks like the same person. This is the one time where I was like, oh, that's Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> like, it actually took me a second. Usually I'm able to pick him out immediately. I agree. The other one that I had was an observation of what I know to be true versus what was portrayed in the movie. There was a part where Danny Ferry, Donald Ferry. I think. Well, it's fairy. Yeah. On that. He did not die at all under mysterious circumstances. I, I actually didn't know much about him. How did he die? Just like natural causes. Oh, okay. Like, totally. And then it made it out to be that he was assassinated by the Cuban insurgents that he was working with. And I was just like, well, that is a choice, Mr. Stone. <laughs> But like, so that's kind of what I mean, though, about Stone, where like, I know, well, maybe and maybe this is sort of like, yeah, well, you know, died natural causes. But did he seems like very coincidental in terms of what's going on here. 
But this is the that 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 right there is the birth of all conspiracy theories. It's just like it's awfully coincidental. It's like, it's like no shit happens, man. Like some te- sometimes people get hit by buses. Like it happens. No one pushed them. <laughs> yeah, coincidences happen. It happens. But yeah, but no, that's that is that is interesting to know. But I just feel like is questionable. Like then I I guess I don't know enough. I guess I need to go back and see what Oliver Stone himself has said about this film. I wanted to get this out because I did find this interesting. Young Gary Oldman, a lot like Sam Rockwell. There were a lot of moments where I was like, what's Sam Rockwell doing in this movie? And then just like, I kept forgetting that Sam Rockwell wasn't in this movie. I just kept thinking that was Sam Rockwell. I agree. There are a lot of similarities. There's also the one scene where they were interviewing the showgirl. Right. And she was talking about it and she's like, you know, he wasn't very attractive. And I was like, you fucking nuts. I said the same thing. I was like, are you looking at him right now? <laughs> Maybe. And honestly, when I looked at pictures of the real Lee Harvey Oswald, he's also like objectively kind of a good looking dude, you know, crazy, assassinated a president, murderer. Right. Yeah. But objectively kind of attractive, sort of in the same vein as Ted Bundy. So like, I don't know what that was. And like, you, it's like the thing in movies where they're, trying to say someone is not attractive because they have glasses on the she's all that example and it's like no you like she has glasses on and she's incredibly attractive like you're not fooling anyone what is this try and tell me that lee harvey oswald or at least gary oldman playing lee harvey oswald wasn't in any way good looking is complete and total nonsense and i'm not here for it so that was just my one other stray observation because it kept fucking with me because every single time they brought it up, I was like, oh, there's some. Oh, no, it's not Sam Rockwell. I get excited when Sam Rockwell is involved in anything. Agreed. Sam Rockwell is a treasure. Love him. <laughs> we should do a pod about Sam Rockwell sometime soon. He deserves an appreciation because he doesn't get enough of it. So last thing before we go, and you kind of mentioned this before, so I wanted to circle back to it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how, you know, you you don't know enough, so maybe you need to read a bit more. Yeah. Do you feel like after this, after watching this movie, it at least got you intrigued to learn more? Yes. Because I, you know, when they were talking about just sort of how he was shot, the timing of which he was shot, you know, how he falls, which was another really funny scene. You're like, hold on, let me rewind. Shot in the head. Rewind. Shot in the head. Right. Rewind. Shot in the head. But it's he's just trying to demonstrate the way he was shot and the way he fell indicates he couldn't have been shot from where he was or where they say he was shot from. You know, it gets into that territory of, well, see, the way the towers fell uh, and the way the plane hit, it just doesn't make any sense. And also, like, when there's that much heat, you can't just collapse the, you know, that all sort of stuff. So I would like to go back and read back on that sort of stuff. I do think it's interesting to say sort of when records are going to be available, which I think what 2029 is when like sort of the House Committee investigation, you know, files will be available to the public. So it's interesting, actually. I read this after the fact because I was done a little bit sooner than you. There was actually, as a result of this film, they made legislative changes regarding that. And they access to public records or yeah access to public records it's actually sooner i can't remember exactly when but they're going to be released sooner than 2029 they actually may be almost fully released now so i don't know and i i i left this like 
wow, I kind of want to read a book from one of these conspiracy theorists and then one of the like pro Warren commission folks. And I kind of want to compare, like it got me intrigued about the whole thing. So in that way, it was also kind of successful filmmaking because it got me thinking about it and like wanting to know more myself. Yeah, it doesn't have me full like the moon landing was staged, but it has me at least curious in terms Does of... anything ever have you the moon landing was staged? Because I fucking hope not. The moon landing was not staged, to be very clear. The I'm Earth trying... is not flat. I no, I know. I'm trying to give sort of a range here. Uh you know what I mean? Like, cause there are people that really like, but man, just think about it. Like People that you think are sensible individuals will still sometimes be like, you know, though. Um, Who do you know that's sensible that said the moon landing was staged? Joe Rogan can be sometimes. But anyway. Uh, all the way off. Joe Rogan is a fucking idiot. But anyway, no. Uh, so I'm not full on like full conspiracy theory, but like there's parts of it that, you know, when you're talking about the ability to go to war and the connection about money who can profit you know being able to get friends money where you can possibly get you know a cushy job once you're out of whatever sort of public office or whatever can benefit you in, in the future for sure um i i don't I, I agree with some of those things it's just and again it kind of goes back to your point of just sort of this the building and the creation this snowball effect of how conspiracy series come to conspiracy theories come to be you know that's one of them so it's like, yes, I agree with you, but I'm not going to take it as far as you're taking it kind of thing, if totally that makes agreed. sense. But I don't think that that's where I don't think this was like rubber stamping. This is like this is what happened. No, it's just I, asking the questions. And like, that's where I feel like any sensible person who's viewing this movie. Right. Is going to leave it not being like, yo, this fucking happened. There is a reason for the conspiracy theory to exist. Exactly. And that's because there is some sort of information that it was withheld. Some They knew more beforehand or what have you. I'm not going to say that there wasn't even... I wouldn't even rule out that there was some sort of plot to kill him and that it may... Well, no, I couldn't even say that it originated in the government because then I go back to Michael Rooker's part uh, point of... You're going to tell me. All this shit happened, but none of it's and been leaked. Nobody leaked. No, it's yeah, fucking impossible. Like, it's stupid. It's so but like, hard. Like, I, that, that I want so many people to agree on something, and that is just impossible. But it points out these inconsistencies of like the magic bullet and the way that, or the number of shots. Like, all these things are intriguing ideas. So it does have me wanting to learn more, and that's ultimately like where I'm at. Is I I, I just want to learn more about this. It's interesting. Is it going to be upsetting that really all it was is that Lee Harvey Oswald is the only one they could actually like pin down as the guy and they just sucked at their jobs like investigative wise and they couldn't figure out who the other people were? That's I'm not going to rule out the No, I know, but that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Is. And it's like, all right, well, he did it, but also some other people did, but he's dead. So let's just pin it all on him. Like that shit happens all the time. And that's what I mean. That's what would be so upsetting. And that's where it's just like, guys, you know what? Elected leaders, just just understand. Just fucking give us the truth. Sometimes exactly. we're going to be able to handle it. It's going to save us a lot of grief. And maybe it'll save some conspiracy theories. We, Alex Jones wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you people. And that is the point of the movie. Is it, though? 
give us the information. Is that what Oliver Stone is? Really I don't know. Getting that's the that's way what I, I view. Know. I do that's like it. I, I do. I do like your rose-colored glasses look at it. I think this is just propaganda film for JFK and how much we should all love JFK and that JFK was the government was after him. He but, was barely in it, but okay. Like there was nothing about his policies and shit except for like let's not go to Vietnam, which like objectively no, a good idea. Let's not do that. <laughs> Garrison fucking loved the guy and he talked about it a lot. I also have a hard time believing a elected DA in New Orleans in the 1960s was a big fan of JFK, but that's neither here nor there. I actually, I don't know enough to say that, I but no I just idea. have a hard time believing it. I know my grandfather, I did a lot of work for RFK. He's got a letter uh, from him in the, in the, well, they don't have that home anymore. Anyway, he had a letter from him, from RFK, for all the hard work he did on, on the campaign and stuff like that. So people really bought into JFK and RFK. So, you know, who, 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 am I, who am I to say that there isn't a reason to be obsessed with these guys? I'm not one to say. Uh, <laughs> so that's about it. We are going to get out of here. Before we do, Beam, I want to ask you for this series. We have some other podcasts in the works, but for this series, The Weight You Haven't Seen... <laughs> I just made you watch a movie that I was really excited about that we've never seen. Right. Is there a movie that you're super bumped about that you want to do? I'm kind of thinking of the movies that we haven't seen. I, I kind of I, I kind of think that I would go with Purple Rain. I feel like Purple Rain is one we should watch. I feel like it is, too. I put it on there because I have an obsession with Prince. I know you do, too. I love Prince. I love Prince, and this is like probably one of the only pieces of Prince content I haven't consumed. So I think we should do Purple Rain next. I think Purple Purple Rain has to be the next one that we do. I don't know how to judge it or how to view it. I feel like it's just going to be have to be something where it's like, no, nah, it was fucking Prince, and that's all I wanted, and I loved every second of it. So I know I just judging it. Like it out. <laughs> Judging it as a movie objectively is going to be very difficult because it's just be like, dude, it's a movie about fucking Prince. Of course I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I've seen bits. I remember seeing bits and pieces of it from like when it was on maybe like VH1 when I was a kid. But have I sat down and watched that movie? No. And I mean, do I've I need listened to listen to the record of- like you know a thousand times? So absolutely. I have some context. Absolutely. <laughs> do I need Prince in my life? At you know a little more of it always could use a little more. So I think, I think that should be the next one that we do. Other than that, I was also thinking hot shots because who doesn't like a little bit of fun? Hot shots and prints are great choices. I think we should do those two. Those are great ones. I think those are what's up next because this one was a lot. Yeah. The like, other one that I'm wise. Really, <laughs> the other one that I really want to do is Schindler's list, but like also <laughs> massive time. And I don't know how much fun we could have talking about Schindler's List. Like, it's just... I don't know just... people to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know either. I think we might, like, sit down and do it and then abandon it and be like, we can't pot about this. <laughs> we can't. We can't. I can't crack it. Oh, that's not right. Yeah, It's exactly. not something for me to do. Maybe yeah, I we... can. I don't know. You know, we should watch it and just see what we can find funny about it. Let's. That should be just the basis of the podcast. What can we find funny about Schindler's List? Whew. That's a fucking fool's errand. <laughs> but sure, let's do that after Purple Rain and Hot Shots. Yeah, may as well be a little more uplifting. It's just fun. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm in the, the mind of a madman or that I just exited the mind of a madman who's just like 
he's got a board and he's got a lot of pictures and a lot of string that is tied to their faces trying to figure it out. And really it's just a triangle around where JFK got shot. Yeah, that's accurate. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle caught in an enigma. I don't even know. Didn't, what didn't Garrison even say that during this movie? I feel like that was a thing that was actually said. Yeah, of course. It was a Pesci quote. Man, this is like a fucking... <laughs> 2010 era incubus song just full of cliches the whole movie is just like wrapped up in that one sentence the same way that like tenet is wrapped up with like don't think about it just feel it every movie has one line where it's just like this is what this is about (laughs) this is what this was always about all right so we're gonna get out of here you can follow us at back porch media on instagram and at porchback media on twitter and you can follow us on spotify and apple Podcasts and all those things and you can rate and you can review and you can click the little bell thing on Spotify to let you know when there's new episodes and stuff. And all of that is really fun. Would love for you guys to even watch this movie or don't. You know, I'd actually like to hear what your reasoning was for watching or not watching this movie. And if it was based on either of our opinions, if you bought into what Corey said and you're like, yeah, this is really well done. Or if you bought into what I said, where I was just like, what did I just do for the last three hours? Yeah, totally fair. Definitely would like to hear because it's three hours, man. It's a fucking commitment. It is so much. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get out of here. See y'all. Bye.